The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. So last weekend, uh, Norman was here, and some of you guys know a little more about Norman than others, and some it's like, who's that guy? I, I know Norman um, really from when he's been in and out of homelessness for a number of years since his parents died, and he's, he's on disability and uh, been in and out of shelters, and, and now he's in pretty good housing, Section 8 housing somewhere that he's comfortable, he lives with his brother. Um, but I, but I kind of known him from this sort of street, you know, and, and he's just been this kind of street preacher, you know, evangelist guy, and I, like I, I think I mentioned, I take him out to lunch and... <clears throat> you know, think I'm just going to, like, do my good deed for the day, and he ends up just sort of blessing me with the word, and, and he's sort of just been in and out of this place since we've started, you know, a few years ago, and, and uh, you know, some of you know this story, but when we were, met, we were meeting at our other building when we first started um, about, I don't know, two and a half, three years ago, we were in there, like, a couple Sundays, just, I mean, we didn't have PowerPoint or anything, I mean, we were just kind of hanging out, was checking out the place, and even before we even gathered, I'd be in there and just trying to understand the space and praying. And, and I would see Norman going back and forth because there was a bus stop there, and he, he loved to eat lunch at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So he was just always kind of going around. And he would see me, and he would say hi, and, and he you know, remembers me a little bit from around town. And he just kept telling me, like, hey, man, I'd love to come preach for you sometime. I'm going to come preach for you. I'm like, Norman, I haven't even preached yet. Like, we don't have anything here. But when we get there, I'll have you come in. And so he's sort of, you know, I don't know, once a year or so he pops in and and gives a word. And I'm always encouraged by him, and I just love making room for people's gifts as well. Um, so I was just thinking that last week. I'm like, if you're someone who's like, man, I'd love to, I'd love to try to do that, like to lead a talk or to do, do anything, let me know. Music, I mean, Noah is, is all open to, like, if you want to jump in and, and play the cajon, like this, that's sort of how this goes. Maybe you're someone who's scared to bring that up, but just, you know, take a deep breath and jump in. And, and we want to have space for that here. So, uh, so I appreciated his word. And there's been a couple of things that sort of stuck with me from last week that he was sharing, and, and I just kind of want to go back over one of the passages today as I was sort of meditating on it. But this sort of idea of, of who you are, like what's your name, and that question from God that kind of rings in your heart, like who are you? Who are you? And there's, and there's so many ways we can answer that. And God knows who we are, but it's so easy to get distracted and get caught up in these other sort of identities driven by all kinds of other things, right? Like, we go through that a lot of times in, you know, middle school's hard, high school, but as adults, we still struggle with our identity, and we sometimes put a shell on for so long that you can even lose track of, like, I don't even know. I've been functioning in this role for so long that I'm not sure who I am way deep on the inside, and maybe you felt like, well, I, I am this way, but no one would ever like that person. No one could ever love that person. I'll never get anywhere with that person. And Jacob, in that story with Esau, he, it's, there's sort of this struggle in his life of who he is and who he's called to be and what he does to, to kind of jump in and make, make that happen. God asks him his name. Like God knows his name. He's like, who are you, you going to be? Are you going to continue to pretend, or are you going to be the person I've, I've created you to be? And those are, those are actually very honest and real questions. And our name is an important thing. I think that God knows our name. And in the Bible, the book of Revelation talks about our, there's a name that he knows. It's like a different name. Like it's our true essence. And he has this name for us. And sometimes in life, we can just pile on these other layers. But we love hearing our name, right? It's been said that's one of the sweetest sounds we can hear in our language is your own name. I was... Uh, working this weekend, and I'm just a little bit busy, and I'm helping someone at, at checkout, and they needed some uh, stuff to go at the brewery, and, um, and, you know, I'm having conversation, making pleasantries, but there's someone here, and there's stuff happening over here, and, 
and I'm getting some, grabbing some stuff for him to go from the fridge, and, and, he's, and, he's, and I'm turned around, and I hear him kind of say something else, and I'm not sure if he's talking to me or, you know, sometimes when you're not looking at someone, like, are they talking to me? Are they talking to themselves? Are they talking to the guy next to them? And I'm not sure, so I sort of let it go. And I kind of hear him say something again, and, and I, I thought he said Rick for some reason. So I, so I said, Rick, and I'm, I give him his beer, and he says, oh, and he says, oh, hey, Rick, I'm Derek. I'm like, wait, no, I'm not Rick. <laughs> Where'd that come from? But I didn't say that. I said, nice to meet you, Derek. Have a great day, you know? I just kind of moved on. Like, when I thought, I mean, I never get that. They, someone says your name wrong, you don't correct them. Like, why do we do that? We're like, man, what's, what does it matter? <laughs> I'm not going to see this guy again, yet I might. And then it gets more awkward. Like, I'm just going to, you know, go on as Rick for the rest of my days when I see this guy come in. <laughs> but we get confused. People call us a certain name. And, but you can kind of say, oh, I'll just be that person. You know, if, if someone projects that I'm that person, I'll be that person. It made me think, I remember this very distinct time in middle school that I was, you know, out with this, our, our class was sort of a class outing to this environmental workshop, and it was kind of one of those days you paired up with these little groups, and, and we're going around, and in middle school I was, you know, super shy, I mean, I, I, I mumbled, I I'd had a terrible time in middle school, and uh, acne and the whole thing, and I was in this group with these two twin girls who at the time, like, I thought were really cute. I don't know what they look like now. I would never say they're cute now. I'm sure they're not. But at the time, you know, these twins, and they were, they were attractive. And, and I didn't, I mean, I, was, I would never talk to them anyway, but I, I was aware of them. And by the luck of the, our last names, because they were Jeffries, and I was Jillio, and Amy's going to be looking up Jeffries right now on Facebook. And <laughs> we are in this group. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, there's four of us, and, and we kind of go through, and, and, you know, we've been in class for a while, but, th- you know, they didn't know my name, and and we're going through, and, and, and we have to sit down together. And you know, one of them asked me, I, you know, oh, what's your name? Which was like sort of exciting, but also dreadful. If I had to open my mouth and in, in even to talk to, to a girl or anybody. And uh, what was your name? And I say my name, and, and they, say, they say, oh, Justin? That's a cute name. I'm like, Justin it is. Like, <laughs> yep. And I just sort of like went with, as I wasn't about to say my, my, because I was almost insecure about my name, you know, and it just sort of carried some, like, I'll just be this person. If you like that name, then I'll be that name. That's a cute name. Great. And that's sort of how sometimes we can kind of just live. And it's a, that's a very honest conversation. I don't think we cover that in one day and all of a sudden you walk out of here, but we cloak ourselves in so many things we can kind of forget our essence of who we are, who God has called us to be. Some of us remember times of our life when we felt close to God, and there was a, he was drawing you into himself, and, and you felt connected with Jesus, and you had some sort of ideas of, of who you can be and how you can live. And, and sometimes that lasts for a while, and we kind of pile on other stuff because we have to live in, in, our, in our, we have expectations from family, from work, just from the world. And, 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 and Jacob, in this story, God has a plan for him that, that he does accomplish, but the way he kind of takes control and goes about it, I think there's just some stuff for us, for, for us to learn from. And it has to do with sort of what, what drives the decisions that, that you make. What drives the decisions that you make? What motivates you to make the decisions that you make? Every day we make all these decisions, right, of what we're going to wear and we're going to eat and where we're going to go and what we're going to watch and, and you know, who we're going to speak to and if we're going to spend time, you know, with God or not with God. And, and, and those, things, those things are coming from somewhere, I mean, you kind of wake up, what's my motivating factor today, you know, as far as your productivity, if any, is it, maybe it's to do nothing, maybe it's to do a lot, it's, you know, to make more money, or whatever it is. We're kind of drive, driven by these things that we don't always check in with. What motivates the decisions that you make? And Jacob, this story, we're going to read this, this is in uh, Genesis 27, 
And this is, you know, back, you know, right a little after Abraham. So this is pretty deep in the Old Testament. Um, this is before the nation of Israel has been established. This is before Joseph in his coat, you know, but it's after Noah. So it's kind of in the, in the middle of Genesis, in the middle of this opening narrative, this historical narrative of, of the text. And it goes like this, and this is this, this kind of focusing on this key family, and Isaac is, is now in the center of this after Abraham. He said this in, in uh, chapter, uh, verse 2 of chapter uh, 27. I'm now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver bow, go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. He's talking to his oldest son, Esau. He said, I'm an old man. Go out, to the, go out and, and hunt some wild game for me. Prepare, prepare me the tasty, the kind of tasty food I like. Bring it to me to eat. Say, so may give you my blessing before I die. So he's talking to his oldest son, Esau. He's like, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I feel like this thing's wrapping up for me. I want to bless you before my, I die with my, with my inheritance. And in this, this context, in this culture... And in this, some, some, some extent, religion of the people, like that birthright was a huge deal. It wasn't just inheritance by way of um, wealth, like property. Now, that was part of it, and the firstborn or the whoever got that would, would a lot of times get double that, that birthright. But it was a, become like you're passing on the torch of being the patriarch of the family, and there was something prophetic about that. It's like you're going to be able to be a blessing, and you're going to be overseeing your family and your land and your descendants. And it was this, very much about this lineage. And we have that a little bit today. If you think of your own family, some of us have healthier ones than others. But maybe it's the oldest. I'm the oldest. Uh, it doesn't always have to be that way. There's kind of a spokesman in the family or some of you recognize. You know what? That's the person who helps make decisions when things get tough. Uh, that's the person we look to for wisdom. That's the person who just seems to carry the mantle. You know, once, once grandpa passed away, or once your dad dies, and who sort of assumes that role of keeping the family together, right? We even have that in our sort of fast-paced Western American culture. But, but even more so here, it was really this, it was an honor, it was spiritual, it was, it was physical, it was all this wrapped up in it. He says, Esau, my oldest, I, 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 need, you, I need you to go do this, I'm going to pass it on to you. And Esau's brother was Jacob, if you've, if you've missed that, and they were, uh, they were basically twins, but Esau was a little older by like, you know, seconds. And now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke this to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock. Now, she's talking to Jacob, the younger brother. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Now, Jacob like, says to Rebecca, his mom, but my brother Esau, this is like an interesting stuff. My brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, all right, good for him. My brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. Skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. So Jacob's sort of like, you know what, this is not a good idea. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say and go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. She prepared some tasty food just the way he liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which, was, which were there in the house, gave them to his youngest son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats, so he would appear to be hairy. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, yes, my son, Isaac answered, who are you, Esau or Jacob? You see this, this sort of, you know, later on in the story when God calls this out, right, and Norman kind of touches it, who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. 
I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up and eat so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you are really our Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy like Esau. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. Are you really my son, Esau, he asked? Yes, I am, Jacob replied. And it's interesting the steps that he goes through in this sort of deceit. And some of the background on Jacob and, and Rebekah, there, there, there had been some prophecy to the mom about her boys. And, and, and God spoke, this is a couple chapters earlier, said, yeah, the youngest son, the older son will serve the younger son. So she sort of had this, this little bit of, of, of prophetic word, this, this insight to the future. It's like, okay, so the younger son, Jacob, will be served by the older son. And so she, she recognizes that, and that was God's word, and we know that kind of pans out. But how she handled it maybe was not the best. Earlier on in this story, too, Jacob and Esau have this interaction where Esau is coming in from, from, he's out hunting, and he's away, and he comes in starving, and Jacob's eating this really good soup that he made. And Esau's like, give me some of that soup. And, the, and Jacob's like, no, nah, I'm not giving you my soup. And, and Esau's like, I'm starving. And Jacob's like, well, sell me your birthright. I'll give you some soup. And Esau's like, sure, whatever. And he gives his birthright away. So there's some stuff wrapped up in this story that's like, all right, how does this supposed to work out? But I think what's, what the issue is here, and this can be in our own lives, when we talk about these situations and we think what maybe God has for us, and then also what God's doing for other people that aren't us, the issue is control. It's a control issue here. Yeah, there's money, status, greed wrapped up in this thing. But, but the mom and, he, you know, Jacob, because he goes through it, there's something about I got to take control of this situation because God said he's going to do this. But what I see is something else happening. So now I need to insert myself because God maybe, maybe missed something here. And control is, is a root of so many things in our lives, right? The problem in a lot of our areas is just control, controlling some people are just naturally wired to be controlling, and there's something uh, helpful about that in some settings, but it can be a curse as well. And the answer is just sort of letting go. And, and, and the mom here, and Jacob, hey, God has something for me. He has a plan for my life. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but he's going to bless me. There's going to be an inheritance. There's going to be nations that are going to come from me. And if this is what's happening now, let's just let it pass because I'm, I'm not going to be dishonorable here. I'm, I'm going to let it go and, and trust God that he will work it out somewhere down the line. Instead of coming up with this plan to get in here and deceive the, her husband or, 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 and or the father, depending on who, who, who's, who you're coming from. And Jacob, at first, does he want to do it? Not really. He doesn't really want to be, pretend like he's someone else. But influence of, of, of mom comes in, and she kind of reasons, with like, well, don't worry about it. It's the right thing to do. I'll take the fall for it. Anyone ever been in those kind of moments where you're with someone like, I don't feel good about this? And a person's like, listen, it's going to be fine. If something goes down, I'll take the blame. Like, my kids, my brothers, the brothers always have that conversation. Let's do something bad, and if something goes wrong, I'll take the right? Like, like, you're assuming nothing's going to happen. Oh, fun. Welcome. Um, is everything okay? I'm fine, but we're okay. Um... So, he, so she comes in, and he doesn't really want to, but her influence starts like, listen, you can't just be yourself in this situation. you got to be somebody else. And, and rarely do people actually say that directly sort of to us, like, hey, like, you're not good enough who you are. 
let's dress you up to be someone else. But, but that's sort of implied and inferred in a lot of our, our circles. And Jacob's like, all right. All right, I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll just, be, I'll just, I'll just pretend to be Esau. Maybe you know better about me. Maybe you know that who I am and, and being the second born is just not going to be good enough ever. Sure, we're good? Everyone's okay? Okay. And so he gives in his deceit. And, and I don't think when he woke up in the morning, right, he, he's not like, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to dress up, and I'm going to steal the birthright, I'm going to deceive my father. It just sort of comes on, right? It's this conversation that's been looming around. It's been wondering, like, I wish my life was a little different. Maybe it should, could be better. I kind of want what that guy has, right? That's a hard thing to admit, but a lot of us have been through, like, ah, my life's okay, but I kind of want what that guy has. Like, his looks a little better. His situation, his status, what he's going to receive looks a little better than me. So what do I have to do? I have to be more like that guy. And we sort of chase that guy all over the place in our lives. I just don't want to be that place in life. I've got to get over there. Rather than rest in who you are and who God's created you to be. And this sin kind of creeps in. And for Jacob, God redeems a story. We, we certainly can't talk all through it today. But it kind of takes his life in a different direction because he does this thing and he does steal it. But then he has to leave home. He runs away. He's running for his life for 20 years. 20 years because he's afraid, you know, Esau's going to kill me. And Esau's, you know, since then, he's sort of taken some, some steps to develop his, his place and his property and his people. And Jacob has to run away, and he, and he gets, in, he gets in, involved with this, this girl, and he's engaged to her, and, then, and the father-in-law promises, I'm going to give you her, you just got to work for me for a little while, and he does work for her, work for the dad for a little while, and he says, you know what, you got to work for me a little longer, he's like, you, just, you, deceive, he's like, you deceive me. In Jacob's life, he's, 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 he's approached by people, and he said, you know, who are you, where you come from? He's like, man, short is my life and wicked are my days. And so he did this thing that it felt like this is the right thing to do, and this is going to bring my inheritance and help me, but it ends up bringing a curse on him. Whether, rather than, now God worked this thing out, and, and God is, is, is sovereign, and he moves his places, but in this little story, would he have let that go? My guess is God is still true to his word, figures it out some other way that doesn't involve deception and, and having to run for his life and this sort of brokenness in his family. And it's so, so classic even today, and this is, you know, thousands of years ago, that he dresses up in these clothes that weren't his, and he, he does something to his skin that's, that makes him not look like himself. He changes his voice, right, the way he talks. He's trying to impersonate somebody. And we all get caught up in these impersonations. I mean, literally, like, the clothes, like, ah, I got to wear those clothes, I, have to, I, have to, I need to be more like, look more like that, then maybe it'll work out for me. If I can look like that guy, sound like that guy, eat like that guy, talk like that guy, wear the clothes, like, right? Like, then, then I can be that person and it will work out, and it's not. And I remember these days, you know, middle school, I was just running rampant with trying to figure out who, you know, who I was. And a lot of us go through that, and some of us last longer or shorter some people just come in, into the world secured and who they are. Like, I wish I was that person. I'm not. 
And I think I was in eighth grade, and I grew up on the beach, and I loved to surf and skate, but I, my, my middle school and high school was a big regional public school, and there was people from all over the place, and some of it was more urban or more country. I mean, I, there, was, there was, you know, farmer kids, and there was, like, hip-hop kids, and it was all really, really kind of fun, but, but terrifying when you don't know your place. And, you know, trying to find your way in that, and I, and I, I don't know why I make friends, friends with this kid, and I, I just felt like, man, maybe I need to be more like with that group and those kids. Like, how do I do that? And they were a little more like, you know, sort of urban, and, and, and I was like, wow, I, you know, I was at the mall with this guy, and he's like, you need to get some of those pants. I'm like, what? And these pants were called cross colors, and they were these massive, really brightly colored jeans, like huge, like baggy, they were like neon green and yellow, and it was just not me at all. And, and they're expensive, you know, I don't know what they were at the time, 70 or 80 bucks, and, and, I, and I was like, I don't, I didn't really feel like it, but he kind of convinced me, like, you got to wear those pants, man. And uh, it was just so dumb, right? And we, but when we were kids, you, you talk those things out a little more that way. Now we don't say it, now you just feel like if you don't have a Patagonia jacket, like, you need one. You know everyone's saying that to you. But it's sort of like, all right, I guess. And I got these pants, and, I, and they were these bright green pants, huge. And, you know, and I couldn't believe if I was ever going to wear them. And I just, one day I wore them to school, man, and it was like the worst day of my life. Because I was like, why are you wearing those pants? And there's people who I didn't think cared about me, didn't notice me, didn't care any other day what I wore. But, man, everyone in the hallways, I mean, it was, and it was like, I never wore those pants again. They were, that was a waste of money. And we've all probably bought something like that. But it was more than just the buying a bad piece of clothes. Like, I want to be somebody else. And I, and I didn't know. I didn't know who I was. And I, and I, I was just listening to these voices. And, and Jacob, you know, he's just sort of caught in that, and you could see the turmoil over his, over his life over the next bunch of chapters. It takes him a long time to kind of settle in to who he is again. And I think a couple of things, we'll get just a couple of points, um, we'll wrap up. Um, to sort of contend with this stuff, this, this pressure, and, and, and whatever Jacob was going through, and there's so many different arguments, like, well, you know, it was sort of his right, and maybe it's not fair, whatever that stuff is. But ultimately, Jacob... He didn't know exactly what God had planned for him. He wasn't resting in that because he was too busy worrying about what God was doing with Esau. He was like too worried about other people. And he has some chance to reflect later on in his life. And, and, and these are some, 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 just some ideas for us to help process this stuff. When we're feeling that tension of being like, where, I'm, where I am at, who I am is not good enough. I need to be more like that. And there's some things that are motivating us that are, that are good to strive to be, you know, better parents and, and, and closer to God. Like, we're, we're in community to push one another on toward good works. But you know those other identity things that just aren't you. And I think to combat that, and we're, for Jacob, right, it's gratitude. I think if we could approach our days with more gratitude, some of this stuff just starts to fall off. Right? Being thankful for what you have, and you end up having more than enough. If I'm just thankful, like, man, I am... I have all this stuff. You start to see how much you have. And it becomes like, man, I have plenty. I have more than enough. I have more. And Jacob, at some point in his life, he, he gives the blessing back. He's like, man, I have plenty. I don't need that. Being thankful you have, you end up having more than enough. I process, as you go through your days to try to process like this, how do I appreciate my life? Because wherever your life is, this is hard. Right? Appreciate the people you meet. 
This is just very practical stuff, but I think as a church and the people are following God to live in this way, man, I appreciate my barista. Looked him in the eye. How you doing? Grocery clerks. These people are like, eh, who cares about that person? Man, I appreciate the people around you. Say thank you to your boss. Anyone ever say thank you to their boss just because? You try to avoid your boss a lot of times. No one thanks their boss. Any bosses? And you're like, Amen. Man, just be appreciative of, the, of that person and where they're at in their life. And you start to feel like, all right, maybe I'm not so angry at that person above me. I don't have to be envious. I'm going to appreciate them. It starts to change your heart. I appreciate where you are in your life. You're alive. You're here. It's easy to see good stuff. I mean, we had to focus on the negative, what we don't have, where I was born, the luck of the draw. I was second born. I don't get the inheritance. They get more, more stuff than me. Appreciate where you are, your story. Jacob had an amazing story. God had great things for him. He inserted himself maybe a little too much here and there. Man, if you could just let go, like, all right, here's where I'm at. Here's who I am. Here's the family I was born into. Here's, where, here's the circumstances I have. Here's the brokenness I have. It's your story. Lord, I, we all struggle with identity. We struggle to fight to be someone else. Sometimes we dress it up with clothes or money or it's the way we talk. and That's just going to be an ongoing thing, Lord, whether we admit it or not. But, Lord, you know who we are. You know our name. You know our place. Uh, I just pray you would whisper to those hearts right now, just to remind them if they're struggling, that they are loved for who they are. God, you have borne us into this world where we're at for purpose and reason, that we can trust your story, God. People who are feeling a nudge from you, Lord, to do something, maybe that's to give more of their life to you, Lord, to, to take a step into a different direction, have a conversation, but are fearful, Lord, I pray you give them strength. Strength to, to trust, to let go of that control, to lean into you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jesse Giglio, recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Again, that web address is N-E-U-E church.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.